Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Philosopher's Stone podcast episode 15, is it? 15. The I think old it's 15. 15. This is the uh, this is where they see they say most podcasts really come into their own is episode fifteen. You mm, know, interesting. It's we're in the pubescent we're in the puberty phase of our podcast, which is exciting. Gross. Stuff, you know? <laughs> a lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. It's disgusting. <laughs> What's new with you, Sam? Uh, well, I'm sitting here in my room. My uh, Himalayan rock lamp is glowing. My incense oh. is burning. I'm feeling enlightened. Wow, I got two uh, rock, uh, rock candle holders too. Is that what you're talking about? The candle holding things? Uh, no, this so is like a big, giant pink rock. Yeah, it's a giant pink rock with a light bulb in it. You plug oh, it in. See, I have two of those rocks, but I also have, but they have it's candles burning in there. So huh. I'm getting real like, I'm getting actual salt vapors in the air, Ugh. which has to be good, right? <laughs> good for your eyes, I imagine. Yeah, apparently those kill birds like immediately. Are those the uh, the? Um, there's certain things that really like fuck with birds if you have them. I think one of them was uh, aerosol sprays for bathrooms. Oh, really? And then like those uh, those like the uh, fucking what the are these? The, uh, the the yeah that too. But like the the uh, oil essential you know, oils you put it in the uh, yeah essential oils that can. That can really mess with a bird as well. So, uh, mm. but who really cares about birds when you come when it comes down to it? They're probably the least cared about animal on the planet. Um, chickens are pretty. Yeah, I guess like chickens are important. But yeah, I don't really care birds, about them. Yeah, I don't feel bad when they die. I feel very little empathy towards birds. Like if I'm if I'm going if I'm walking down the street. Uh, and I see a bird got run over by a vehicle, I would be like, eh, whatever. But if I saw a squirrel, I'd be like, ah, shit, that kind of sucks. Yeah, team mammal. Birds used to be our number one predator. Yeah. The giant there's birds probably some, hunt us. Some, there's, there's still some resentment left in my genetics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck you, chicken. How do you uh, like it? <laughs> I'm sitting in a new house since last time. we did, This is the first podcast at the new... Oh, pad the house that our podcast am, built. All the, yeah, all the exactly. <laughs> all the this whole house was paid for by podcast money. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, um, I set up a, a an email for the podcast, Woo. and I opened it eagerly. It is TPS Podcast four twenty at Gmail. <laughs> Opened it up for the first time in two weeks, hoping to see a flood of emails from our dozens of listeners. And what do I get? Only gay sex erotica spam mail. So my suspect that someone took our podcast email and signed it up to a bunch of gay dating sites, which just goes <laughs> to show you the quality of people that are listening to this shit. Uh, well, I mean, you put the 420 in your email address. That's got to be like a magnet for spam. <laughs> uh you think though? Maybe it was automatic. Yeah, like I don't know. Four twenty is <laughs> is some sort of gay slang in some country. There's a lot of Russian, a lot of gay Russian sites. So maybe yeah. in Russia, four twenty is like, you know, their uh, earring on the left ear or whatever it was for mm. a while there to say that you're gay. Interesting. Anyways, moved into the new place. Uh, all the heavy lifting is done essentially. Oh, thank God. 
I am somehow unemployed again. What the fuck? <laughs> That's got to be illegal to hire someone and fire them that fast. Like, they didn't fire me. They said, like, I still have a gas card and everything. Like, I'm still at their employee. But they, they essentially hired me to do a bunch of small jobs that they couldn't get to and mm-hmm. that have been on their plate for a while. I ran through all those small jobs in a week. And then they're like, okay, well, that's pretty much all the work we had, I guess. So we'll stay in touch. Like, Are you a contractor or an man. employee? I'm an employee. They hired mm. me essentially. I did, they're I did treating all you the like jobs. a contract. It took me a week. Yeah, they are. Just not allowed. But I mean, I'm technically still employed by them, I guess. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, it I, might have just fucked up my EI. That's all I did was just fuck up my EI. Yeah, I, I think that's not proper behavior. Look up the employment log. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. So I and my boss is not the most communicative communicative person I've ever worked for. Like, yeah. One day he's like, "Oh, we just couldn't find anything for you to do tomorrow." I was like, "Okay, well, let me know uh, when you uh, when you got something for me." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, okay." And then uh, I was expecting, you know, a day off, maybe not a week and a half off, is where I'm at right now. So, yeah, there's no uh, <sighs> there's no company that can hire you. They're not even hiring you part as a part time employee. I know. I don't get it. Like, I have no idea. So. Whatever. It's just been frustrating as usual. What and you are you're on a little break from studies, you said? Well, I still have classes this week, but I finished all of my my big assignments. So I've got nothing until my final start on Monday. But then I have one nice. final every day for six days in a row. So that'll be fun. Shit. Yeah. You know what? I'm almost jealous of that. I have nothing to wake up for. I just I, I went on an hour and a half long walk today. Oh, that's good. That was that's healthy. Yeah. We got a new little area in the house to work out. So, like, I can do indoor workouts now, which are nice. I actually have enough room for that. I uh, I got a cat. I got a new cat next uh-huh. week. So, that'll be a little, a little morale boost, a little kitten. <laughs> Fantastic. And then uh, Christmas is canceled. So, are you still coming back or no? Oh, yeah. I'm coming back. Am I allowed to go to anybody's house? No. I just have to sit in the condo with my parents for two and a half weeks. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> essentially. <Yeah. laughs> That'll be fun. I mean, you can come <laughs> hang out in the yard. We could hang out in the yard, stay six feet apart. Is it like freezing cold? You know, we have though? a big. Like, uh, it's not that cold here. Oh really? Oh, okay. It's probably a lot colder there, but it's supposed to get down to zero this weekend. So I well, don't know. I bought I don't a lot know, of man. edibles. All I know is that like. Suddenly, a bunch of—I uh, mean, my Christmas plans all got changed. Like, it's, my whole family was going to meet up, and now none of them are. Just my dad coming by the house. God damn it! BC so, was doing uh, so well, so well. We were, and now we're not. Uh, oh well. Yeah, because the restrictions were supposed to be lifted uh, on the seventh. Mm-hmm. And they got extended a month. A month. So they're going to be lifted God. a month a month from today. So not only is Christmas canceled, uh, New Year's Eve is canceled. I don't know, man. I'm fucking sick of this shit. All the shows that were starting up suddenly are all gone. All the little fledgling what, what shows. What happened? Why did the cases there. start exploding? Like, Just uh, like now it's mandatory to wear a mask inside. 
Finally, uh, Jesus so Christ. So, like, I think it's just a matter of the weather changing and people spending a lot more time indoors with other people. Mm. That's what they say, anyways. Who knows? Who fucking knows? So, who you can't go to knows? someone's house, but you can go to the mall? You have that- to wear a mask everywhere. Mm. So, and like now I've noticed everybody is wearing a mask almost. The only time you'll see someone that's not wearing a mask is if they're just like walking down the sidewalk. But even now, like when I see people walking by the house outside, most of them are wearing masks, even just for like walking around. So, mm. well, it should have been like the that vaccines for a while. They should have been doing that. We're supposed the to get, time. yeah, they should have done that at the beginning. It's like, the easiest now, way to solve the problem. Back in the back when it first came around. People were still taking it seriously. Now you got like a big chunk of the population that thinks it's a hoax. And so like they should have just done like a hard couple week shutdown right at the beginning when people, everybody still took it relatively seriously. And then it would have been fine. But no one listens to what I think. No, there's a real, uh, there's a real special quotient of the population that is, uh, Unintelligent. There's more and more of them <laughs> appearing on my Facebook, and they are almost all exclusively people that I know from up in the northern regions of our province. Mm. Or I don't know. I have no idea. It's just depressing at this point. Yeah. That vaccine, we're supposed to get like what? I think 230 something dosed, 230,000 doses. In so the first round? Hopefully, you can just. Yeah, that's supposed to be arriving before New Year's Eve. That'll be nice. Yeah, so start pumping those out. Yeah, and uh, we'll all get microchipped, and then uh, let we'll just become the slave hive mind that we we're all destined to become from the get go. So I'm betting we'll on zombies. Up. I think zombies. You think they're gonna turn us into zombies? I think you get the shot, it's, it's, and then within two weeks, you're taking bites out of people. <laughs> Whatever. I'd la- I'm almost rather that than be in this limbo. At least everybody would have a sense of purpose at that point, which is survive the zombies. Brains, yeah. <laughs> Population control. So what's going on? Uh, what do we got? We got a subject for us this week, or we just... Oh, uh, we do. We do have a subject, uh, and it's right along those lines. It's The subject is population ethics. Population ethics. Never yeah. even heard the phrase before. Yeah, they don't want you to hear it. Are you still taking a break from the marijuana's? Um, yeah, break. You know, twenty-four hour break. Twenty-four hour break. Okay. Last <laughs> time I talked to you, I think you said you're you're trying to quit for school. No, no, no I wasn't trying to quit. I was just trying to like cut down significantly, which I've ah, succeeded I see, in I doing. see. Yeah, but nice. anyway, okay. So I want to throw some a little quote at you. This is uh, this is from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, right? I figure that's an apropos, pertinent topic for uh, these holiday seasons. Pertinent. pertinent. Sorry, who was it? Al- Edgar Allan Poe? Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Oh. <laughs> totally different. Uh, that was close enough. <laughs> right. So uh, Scrooge, right? We don't all know Scrooge. So, yeah. Um, so there's a scene in A Christmas Carol where Scrooge is visited by two gentlemen who are seeking donations to charity. And they ex- yeah. they explain to Scrooge that you know hundreds of thousands of people are in want of common comforts, and thousands are going to go hungry. And Scrooge, Scrooge replies, "Are there no prisons?" And uh, the gentlemen are like, "Oh, are there well, no prisons." Yeah, he's like, "Are there no prisons?" And the gentlemen are like, uh, "Well, there's plenty of prisons." 
And Scrooge says, oh, well, I was afraid from what you said at first that something had occurred to stop them in their useful course. I'm very glad to hear it. Those who are badly off must go there. And the gentleman replies, so he was like, if you're poor, you should go to prison? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, <laughs> so the gentleman replies, well, many can't go there, and many would rather die. And Scrooge says, well, if they would rather die, then they had better do it and decrease the surplus population. Whew, I don't remember that conversation in the Donald Duck version of the story. <laughs> No, they didn't. They didn't include that. Scrooge would have been a big fan Scrooge of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, uh. At Scrooge's time, there was, a, or at Charles Dickens' time, there was this. The population around the world, especially in England, was like going up exponentially compared to how it had gone up in the past. And so there were lots of poor people in the streets, and nobody really knew what to do about it. Um, most like the solution for most people is just let them die. Like that was the idea. Like, look, let them die. Jack the Ripper took it into his own hands. Maybe he was Mr. Scrooge. He was night lighting. Light night lighting? Yeah. That, that's night, not night, night, uh, night lighting. Moonlighting. Moonlighting. <laughs> moonlighting as a serial killer. Yeah. I think but, most serial killers, that is their moonlighting. Not a lot of daylight serial killing going on, is there? No, I think that's it's pretty risky. Pretty risky. Yeah. BTK would do that. He would break into your house when you went to work, and then when you got home, he would be in your house and he would get you. Ugh, that guy's such a fucking yeah, creep. Really scary. Um, but anyway, so there are a lot of uh, so most people were saying like, hey, just like let them die, like let nature take its course. What happens when animals overpopulate yeah. their environment? They run out of food and they die. So just let that happen. Yeah. Um, There's a guy named Jonathan Swift. He was a uh, something of a comedian. And he wrote a... Oh, that's what they call me, too. Something of a comedian. <laughs> Something Not of a comedian myself. <laughs> yeah. You're a partial comedian, aren't you? Not anymore. <laughs> I was on my way to amateur-level comedian ah. that flirted with... I did comedy in a, in a, in a professional capacity. You got paid big At some big points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say that I like I've done it uh, uh, in the professional capacity before, but to be <laughs> still far, far, <laughs> far from being capacity. a professional comedian. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So Jonathan Swift he wrote this essay called "The Modest Proposal," and so the subject of this essay was uh, for preventing the children of poor people in Ireland from being a burden on their parents or country, and for making them beneficial to the public. Seventeen twenty nine. So uh, I'll read a, a passage from his uh, essay, and you'll get the idea of what his proposal really was. So uh, okay. here you go. I quote, um, I have been assured by a very knowing American of my acquaintance in London that a young, healthy child well-nursed is, at a year old, a most delicious, nourishing, and wholesome food, whether stewed, roasted, oh baked, God. or boiled, and I make no doubt that it will equally serve in a fricassee or a ragout. <laughs> Oh my God! He wanted to eat babies. So here's the proposal. I do a therefore, modest proposal. That's modest to him. Yeah, eating look, look, babies. Yeah, like he says. I do therefore humbly offer it to the public consideration that of the hundred and twenty thousand oh. children already computed, twenty thousand may be reserved for breed, where only one fourth part to be males. The remaining hundred thousand may, at a year old, be offered in sale to the persons of quality and fortune throughout the kingdom always advising the mother to let them suck plentifully in the last month, 
so as to render them plump and fat for a good table. I grant this food will be Holy. somewhat dear, and therefore very proper for landlords, who, as they have already devoured most of the parents, seem to have the best title to the children. What the fuck? Was he so, serious, or was this no, like this is a, a... No, it was a polemic, so it's like a satire, basically. Okay, all right. I thought this guy was serious for a second. Now it's funny. Now it's funny to me. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is not a modest proposal, man. Yeah, yeah. That's why he called it the modest proposal, because it's so outrageous. Okay, now, okay. He's yeah, somewhat yeah. of a comedian, eh? Somewhat of a comedian. He also yeah. wrote that book, uh, Gulliver's Travels. Ah. The, the guy who went to Lilliput. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I was like, holy shit. I thought when you were reading that, I was like, this was actually proposed as a solution. <laughs> that is crazy. Eat the babies. No, I mean, now, they, what if the, we're being real, though, oh, I ahead. would way rather eat. A, <laughs> I would, let's just be honest. If you had to eat a, a human mm. of a certain age, mm. you wouldn't want to go old, would you? No. No, listen. You probably I, want to go younger, but like veal, veal is delicious. I used to love veal, and then I found out it was like baby cows, and like I stopped eating it. But the younger the meat, the better. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. the more tendy. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Also, babies, their uh, bones aren't are, are still mostly cartilage, so they would melt down into like a good rich stew. So. Oh yeah, nice bone broth. Mm. Yeah, baby yeah. bone broth. <laughs> mm, oh, some of that sweet baby bone broth. Oh, it goes down. So baby back easy. ribs, man. That's for. That would be the popular order. Baby oh back man, ribs. can you imagine how tender the ribs would be? Because they would, they wouldn't really have been breathing all that much. Like just tender muscle. Yeah, oh, yeah. So tasty. Yeah. Oh, you're making me want to eat a baby, Sam. <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, like uh, they'd be good stewed, roasted, baked, or boiled. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, well, I mean, what they actually did, like, you know, you've heard of the Irish potato famine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the Irish potato famine, the British solution to that was basically, like, hey, they, it's their own fault for overpopulating their country, which wasn't the problem. But the British were like, hey, they overpopulated their country. Screw them. We're not going to let anyone import food into Ireland. And what little food there is in Ireland, we're going to say it can only be sold to England. <laughs> So just wow. tons of people in Ireland just starved to death. No wonder things are a little tense between those two nations, huh? Yeah, they hate each other. Holy shit. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's the way they thought about the <laughs> that's crazy. That's why there's so many the Irish same people in most people's heads. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, British we they really uh, had a uh Let's just say a superiority <laughs> complex there for quite a quite a superiority while. Superiority <laughs> complex. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, speaking of yeah, superiority complex. Um, the whole idea of like social Darwinism came right out of right out of uh, that English superiority complex. Social Darwinism. Dar- social Darwinism. Darwinism. Yeah, Can't social Darwinism. That. So. You've heard the expression, uh, the survival of the fittest. Oh, yeah. Right? So, for uh, I don't think Darwin came up with that term. I think that was actually, someone else came up with that term before Darwin was actually even around. But the idea of survival of the fittest is that uh, the fittest organism 
the organism that survives is the fittest organism. It's the one most mm-hmm. suited, most adapted to its environment. It's the best at, um, yeah. you know, surviving. Oh, nowadays it would be the the survival of the best looking. Yeah. Oh, like in That's what people say that instead of, well, saying someone's fit now means that they are sexy instead of just yeah. in good shape. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, that makes oh, sense, right? Oh, she's like, fit. Oh, she's fit, ain't she? That came from the freaking Brits. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, look at her. She's fit. She's fit. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Ugh, I hate that expression. I hate that accent so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cockney. Cockney. She's unfit, mate. <laughs> We're going to lose all of our listeners, dude. All of our British <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Our hordes of Brits. Yeah. Yeah, oh, well, well, I wouldn't be surprised if we got some uh, some <laughs> listeners from over there that were looking for a Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about Harry Potter. It's a Harry Potter. Expelliarmus. Yeah. Expelliarmus. This podcast from IQ. But yeah, fittest is like to uh, a uh, fittest. Yeah, it would make sense for it to be like. Sexy because the fit organism is the one that's going to be able to survive and pass on its genes. Yeah, but all the smartest people in the world are not typically the fittest physically. So it's like, what no. kind of fit are we looking for yeah. here? Yeah. So um, social Darwinism, right? So in England, a lot of people started thinking like, hey, we should breed to make more fit, better people. And so like, just like yeah. you had breeders breeding dogs to make better dogs. You have breeders breeding plants to make better plants. It didn't take a genius to be like, hey, like we can do the same thing with people and we can try and breed better people. And so a bunch of like yeah. prominent British families, like uh, the Galtons and the Darwins themselves tried to like breed their families to produce better people. But it, it ended up doing a lot of inbreeding and it sort of didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of fizzled well, out pretty quick. you know... <laughs> <laughs> China is actually trying to breed eugenics? taller people. Uh, eugenics is a little different. Really? Yeah, eugenics is a little different. But like China was trying to like breed taller people so they could have a better basketball team, but it's not working. <laughs> There's no one. Yeah, but um, they're either like seven foot nine or four foot three. I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah, nutrition. They're plays not a big getting role a lot too. of people in that. They're not getting a lot of people in that six to seven foot money range. You know. Mm, the money range for b-ball yeah <laughs> yeah get to be tall but not too tall yeah yeah um, but you so want, you don't want them to sacrifice their athleticism for that extra three inches no I mean a lot of these teams have like these super tall guys on the team but they rarely seem to play all that much yeah well Yao Ming is who I'm thinking of and he essentially oh, yeah, he's, just stood next to the basket he's enormous and like, throw it to me yeah Anyway, China needs to stop trying so hard to get good at basketball. You know, come up with their own sport. Yeah, I think they are going to probably try and do that with like, I think they're going to try and get better at MMA. I think that's their goal. Well, they've gotten some good fighters. They have a UFC champ. Yeah, she's the first Chinese champ. Yeah. Speaking of UFC news, I was very upset to hear they let go of Yoel Romero. Joel Romero. No forget Jesus. Yeah, my favorite fighter because he was terrifying. Yeah, he should box. Terrifying. Uh, he should fight Jake Paul. I want him to go into the. Uh, oh, could you imagine? They're the same weight Jake class. Paul, how, 
That is hilarious. They're not even, they don't even look like they're the same species. I love, Yoel Romero is just like, he's Cuban, which is like, makes him that much more scary. And then the fact that he's like, literally believe that it's God's will that he's like victorious over you. <laughs> it's terrifying, man. Oh yeah, that guy's, uh, that guy's self-belief is off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> he's like at 40. And he's, he's, just, look, he's just shredded. He's 40. He, he looks can like do... a real life, yeah, Ninja Turtle or yeah. like a real life Dragon Ball Z villain, like just spawned into real, into reality. When he was on the stage with uh, Izzy and they did that dance off, he's like, he's 40 years yeah. old. He's wearing jeans and he did a backflip into the splits. Yeah. What the he, fuck? he literally <laughs> doesn't look like a real person. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Those traps. Yeah. It's a shame. I hope he goes to a, um, an organization that has no rules as far as like steroids and stuff. Like, oh, just, let's see. <laughs> let's see how ridiculous we can get. Get him on that Cuban sugar water. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, okay. Well, yeah. So if you were a social Darwinist, you'd be like, okay, that guy is fit. But that the, guy. Yeah. yeah that guy's well, fit. let's let's clone him to, per, to like patrol the perimeter. <laughs> 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 Wherever you live, you need one of. Yeah, just make them super dumb, but like really aggressive and loyal. Like, but mm. look like Yoel Romero, and just have them like have one perched on your house at all time. Oh my, oh my god, that guy just like squatting on your house. <laughs> uh, well, it's that. It's like that. Um, well, the I mean, the book, but the movie is what I saw recently of Time Machine, where like humans, the ones that went underground, like slowly separated into like the the mines and the brawn. You're, have you you've read that book or have you seen the well, movie The Time Machine? The idea is right that the the LOLUI or whatever they or like the 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 race on the surface they force another yeah. group of humans to work in these mines all the time, and through working uh-huh. in the mines they devolve into this sort of bestial creature that in the end ends up predating on the surface creatures. But there was also the people uh, that lived underground that were had like the huge brains too that were controlling all the predatory. Oh, the ones, the oh man, group. I gotta read that again. That's crazy. I just watched the uh, the movie um, because oh, I don't that. read anymore because I uh, don't have the attention span. Ah, sad. I'm gonna get back into it though. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm I'm planning on it, or at least audiobooks. I mean, come on. Here's the thing, and this is the reality of it. When you smoke a lot of dope, I don't smoke a lot, but I do like to smoke before bed every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard for me to read when I'm stoned, but it's not hard for me to listen to stuff. So I might just switch over to audiobooks. Like, do you really need to use, like, what is the benefit? You of- attain information better when you read it. As opposed to listening, but I don't you know, do. you might be different. Maybe you're an audible audi- auditory learner, in which case you'd be better I off listening. I definitely need to, to hear shit. Yeah. Anyways, okay, back to the topic at hand: social Darwinism. Not only oh. do, was that a bong rip I just heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh God! I figure one of us has to be stoned for this yeah. podcast. To- Please. Most people will start calling us froth. Our first email will be all about uh, how we false advertise. Well, actually, <laughs> it's the Philosopher's Stone podcast. So really, you're the one that's supposed to be high. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the philosopher. I'm just so much better at talking when I'm not high. 
Yeah, um, me too. All right, so the social Darwinism. Um, so social Darwinism takes the idea that the fittest is not just the fittest in the sense of survival, but it is also the best in terms of morality. So in other words, the fittest organism ah. is the best organism. The more, the more fit the organism, the more moral worth it has. So the fit organisms are morally justified in killing unfit organisms because the fit organisms' lives are more morally valuable than the unfit organisms. So this belief is what leads straight to eugenics and Nazis and that sort of thing. Uh. So the Nazis were like, look, we're the Aryan race. We are clearly the uh -huh. most fit race. Like we've got the best genes. Right. Therefore, we are morally uh -huh. the best and we are morally justified in killing other subhuman species and taking their land for ourselves. Yeah, that's a little bit not a little little slip. I would like to call that a slippery slope. <laughs> a slippery slope. A cliff, if you will. <laughs> if that's not a slippery slope, then I don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay, so let's just assume for the sake of this podcast that eugenics and Nazism are morally wrong. Okay, let's just assume the Nazis were wrong, which is like, okay, big assumption, but let's just assume. Let's try and flex our imagination to expand and 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 accept that the Nazis may have been a little out of line. Yeah, they're okay. a little little jumpy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're a bit. They they're a bit a jumpy. Little, yeah, <laughs> a bit jumpy. <laughs> yeah, they tend to bug out every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> trying to eliminate a whole <laughs> ethnicity of people. Yeah. So, like, anyways, so basically, the Nazis they wanted to make the world a better place for the German race because they thought only the German yeah. race really mattered. But so, if we're if we if we assume for the sake of argument that Nazism as a moral philosophy is not tenable, um, uh -huh. what if, we, if what if we want to make the world a better place for everybody without sterilizing uh. certain populations or Boo. like imposing one-child policies <laughs> or anything like that, like? <laughs> Boo, it's bad. Yeah. What if we want to make the world a better place for everybody? Like, okay. is that like, maybe that's the right approach to population ethics. But there's a problem with that. I would say so. Yeah, there's What's a problem. The problem, the problem that, is man. that suppose you want to make the world a better place. Here's the problem. Yeah. Okay, so this, it takes a little bit to explain, but it's called the repugnant conclusion. Repugnant. Yes. Repugnant. Nice. I like that word. The repugnant. Yeah. So the like rep repugnant, uh, uh, I, that is a like a negative descriptor, right? Am I thinking of the right word? Yes. I'm, it I'm means thinking of pungent. Repugnant like is like, okay. Yeah. It's like you recoil solution. from it. You're like, ugh, like that's, that's yeah. gross. So is this like the uh, precursor to the final solution? This is the <laughs> one that got thrown out of the drawing room? No, 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 no. This is not a solution. <laughs> this is like a, this is like just a state of affairs that seems to happen. Okay. So here it so is. So the repugnant, okay. Yeah, so this was developed by a guy named Derek Parfit, and he was a big major moral philosopher of the 21st century. Um, and mm. so here's the scenario that can help you understand the republic, repugnant conclusion, right? So imagine there are three worlds. World oh, of, repugnant conclusion. Okay, yeah. I was hearing you alone. I was hearing you alone. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying repugnant solution. Oh, like, no, no, no. It's the solution, but uh, <laughs> okay, prob yeah. probably not going to want to talk about it after. <laughs> Okay, right. So there are three worlds, world A, world B, world C. Now, world A has a very high quality of life. 
but a very low population. Oh God, I remember this. World A, B, and C, another yeah. two podcasts in a row. You're going to hit me with this type of thought experiment? Oh, yeah. Okay. This one's easier right. to understand. World A. World A. Okay, good. Because- World A. Very low population, 300 million people. Everyone's lives yeah. are extremely worth living. Everyone is very happy. Okay. World B. Has a moderate quality of life. Everyone's life is worth living. It's not extremely worth living. The people aren't extremely happy, but they're happy. World B yeah. has a much higher population than World A. It has 7 billion right. people. Everyone's lives are oh, worth living. Oh, is that ours? Is that our world? Because I was about to say, that nope. seems like where we're at right now. <laughs> I would. Um, that's like our population, but I probably wouldn't say that everyone's lives on our world are worth living. There's definitely well, a lot of lives on our world that are not worth living. But I'd say like overall population on the planet is happier than it's been in time that has ever in history. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say that? But I have yep. no idea. Um, probably. You'd have to assume the quality of life right now is better than it ever has been for the most people. Yeah, probably. Obviously, there's still going to be a shit ton of suffering and people that have horrible lives, but... Yep, probably. That's just maybe I'm just wishful thinking. I'm just looking at my life and I'm like, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, it's, it's it's probable, but it's not that's not the point of this thought experiment. Okay, all right. You can tell me to just shut the fuck <laughs> up, you know, when I start to derail everything like that. Okay, World C has a very low quality of life. Everyone in World C has a life that is just barely worth living. But World C has the highest population of all the worlds. It has twenty billion people. Now, how do we pick? Which of these worlds is the best world, morally speaking? According to utilitarianism, right? So let's use do a utilitarian analysis. Total happiness is calculated by adding all the happiness in the world together. So if we sum up the total happiness of world A, world B, and world C, the world with the highest total happiness is actually world C. Because of the sheer amount of people. The sheer amount of people. Yeah. So according to utilitarianism, World C is the most morally good world. Despite the fact that for the vast majority of people in World C, life is barely worth living. So that's the repugnant conclusion. That is the repugnant conclusion? That that world actually is net happier than any other one? That... um, that that world has the is the is the most morally good world, yeah. Even though the most people on it have lives that are less desirable than World A. Hmm. I don't like the way that that utilitarianism. What, what was the word? I'm, I'm utilitarianism. Like, yeah. I don't think that that's a good definition for morality. Mm-hmm. Is the net total happiness? Yeah. Wouldn't it be like the net? The, I mean, that whichever one has the least amount of suffering, I think is a better way to... Because then you'd have to go with world A, right? Um, yes. Uh, yeah, if, like if you want to go like least amount of suffering, um, then I think if you say the most morally good thing is the least amount of suffering, then yeah, world A would be better because there's less people. But yeah, there's a problem with that solution. There's a big, oh, big God. problem with that solution. With mine that I just said? Yeah. So what you're proposing is negative utilitarianism. 
And that's yeah. the idea that minimizing that's suffering good. is more important than maximizing happiness. I would actually agree with that. Okay. If you think minimizing... Think okay, that, here's, here's a potential problem with that, though. If you yeah. think minimizing suffering is the most important thing, then you are not probably not justified in procreating and having children. Because when you uh, no, create yeah, children, you're going to create more suffering. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, I've never, I've never, I've never really thought anyone has the right to have kids. I mean, okay, now, now let me back up. That's not what I meant to say. I never thought that. <laughs> I never. I've never been under the illusion that having a kid is some sort of. Uh, you know, moral achievement of some sort. Mm. I think it is. It is something people do to better their own lives at the cost of <laughs> society a little bit. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the yeah the whole reason I would want to have a kid is to make my life better. And you know, you don't know how the world's going to end up for the kid, but you know that you're going to like your life better at least initially with this kid because you'd have the desire to be a father or mother so you're fulfilling a an urge essentially and fuck whatever it costs at, and then yeah so i would agree i'd agree with that is that i uh, i don't think anyone has the moral high ground what am i trying to say i should have hit that bong i have <laughs> <laughs> your love of the halfling's leaf has clearly clouded your uh, mind. Yeah, it's clouded my mind. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst when you have a clear idea, but you do not. The words do not come to you at all, and that is what's happening to me. But ah. I think the people understand what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so the, we basically uh, we're going to get get to that whole idea. It's called antinatalism, which is the idea that you shouldn't have kids. But okay. So that's another approach to population ethics. But um, uh -huh. so even, okay, so back like with the repugnant conclusion, the a problem with, for the Republican, repugnant conclusion is that even if you aren't a utilitarian, you still probably wind up dealing with the repugnant conclusion. And that's because say you, you decide, all right, um, we want to make the world a better place, but we're, gonna, we're not going to define that by having the maximum number of happy people before people start to become mm -hmm. unhappy. Um, right. So let's say like we do it on this metric of like human rights or something like that. And uh, world A has the best human rights, world B has fewer human rights, but it's enough. And then world C has like the barely adequate amount of human rights. Um, right. This, but the problem is still there because there are more, world C, world A has the best human rights, so its lives are the most worth living. World B has enough human rights, so its lives are like, they're worth living. World C has the least human rights, and so its lives are barely worth living. But you still end up with the fact that in world C, there are more lives that are worth living than in worlds B and A. See, that's the thing, is just the more people there, suddenly it, it, that like throws everything out of whack because it's just the sheer numbers. So technically, there's more lives worth living there, but mm -hmm. at the cost of so many more lives not worth living. You know what I mean? Um, it's not that there are more, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that even might be part of it, right? Um, like that's the whole problem with it is if you, uh, if you think that, you know, 
people should be allowed to, if people are allowed to like reproduce, you're going to wind up with your best case scenario is world C. That's like the conclusion. Right. The repugnant conclusion. Um, so like you said, one way out of this is um, antinatalism. And so uh, this is the idea that we shouldn't have, we shouldn't reproduce um, because it's just going to lead to problems. So there's a, uh, there's a cool story that sort of, uh, that is sort of like this proposal. And this is a story by Ursula K. Le Guin called The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas. Hit so, me. So in, this, in the story, there's a city. And yeah. it's a very happy city. Everyone's very happy. But the happiness depends on the constant suffering and eternal torture of a single child. Ooh. Yeah. So the city is very happy and wonderful. It's got beautiful technology. It's like this utopian place, except for this one child who is eternally suffering and tortured. Some people in the city... dark. Yeah. So there are some people in the city, they cannot bear the hypocrisy. And they walk away from the city... Mm -hmm. And they die in the wilderness. And so the question is, are is that what we should do? Like, is happiness on earth dependent on the suffering of some people? Is our happiness dependent on the suffering of others? And if so, is our happiness worth the suffering of those small minority? Should we walk away and just kill ourselves and not reproduce? <laughs> oh, God, you're asking some hard, hard questions this week, Sam. Because I feel like... yeah the elves in santa's shop they're suffering for the happiness of all the kids around the world yeah that's what i think here's a a quote that reminds me of what what you said earlier so this is from a philosopher named mark laroque and he says all of us are brought into existence without our consent and over the course course of our lives we are acquainted with a multitude of goods Unfortunately, there's a limit to the amount of good each of us will have in our lives. Eventually, each of us will die, and we will be permanently cut off from the prospects of any further goods. Existence, viewed this way, seems to be a cruel joke. Yeah, I find myself thinking like that sometimes, for sure. (laughs) Where it's like, you, you, (laughs) that's something that, like, when you have a kid, you're essentially signing them up for the the you're signing them up to experience the worst things that are going to happen to them and the best things so it's like if they happen to have a life where there's a lot more bad that happens to them than good like you're the one that kicked them into that world like that's on you essentially <laughs> yeah yeah like when um when you have a, a the the child can't consent to being born and they can't choose like the the life that they're going to be born into so you're essentially like forcing this being to come into existence and potentially experience great suffering yeah a lot of them do it's like and like most of them are going to experience joy too but like which one is going to be the dominant experience in their life there's no way to tell all you can do is like hope that your circumstances are good enough to set them on the right path but you know as well as i do most like a lot of people that are born with all everything going for them can still go off the rails just as easily and end up having like a life full of regret and ang and and essentially just anguish (laughs) like yeah 
where you're born does play like where you're born, who you're born to does play obviously play a huge factor about how your life might end up as far as but there could be people born say in like the slums of India that end up being happier than a hedge fund kid being born in like Manhattan just because of the their lives and how they play out. So I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this. It's no, just, that's that's, a, you have a, that's an interesting point. If you have a kid, you're essentially just winding up a fucking <laughs> a wind up toy and letting it go. <laughs> and it might veer right into the fireplace as soon as you do. <laughs> yeah. There's this great video on YouTube. It's actually a Christmas it's a it's a Christmas morning video and there's a family opening presents and there's a fire burning in the, in the fireplace. And uh, there were these toys for a while back in the day in the 90s, early 2000s, where it was like a top, but it was these fairies that would, it was, uh, they looked like little like fairies, like t- Tinkerbell. And mm-hmm. you'd, you'd pull the cord and then it would like shoot them up and they would hover and they would like fly around. Oh, bit. yeah, yeah. I've I've seen those, and they were like hugely popular. They were like everybody that year wanted one of those, if they were a girl at least. <laughs> and I just remember that in this video, this girl, she was probably like six or seven, gets it, absolutely over the moon. She gets it, puts it, sets it up, does her first pull. The thing pops out of the holder, starts flying around the room, right into the fireplace. <laughs> Where it's immediately uh, destroyed. And that is essentially what having a kid could be like. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no matter how stoked you are about it, the second you let, let, give it its initial inertia, it's out of your hands and it might go straight for the fireplace. Yeah, that's totally true. Like, and the, the antinatalists would say, like, hey, yeah, that, that's exactly like, right? Like, having kids is extremely reckless of you. And, uh, yeah, like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. You'd be better off not existing. Like that's their position. If you could choose between existing and not existing, you will always be better mm. off to choose not to exist. It's a safer option. You're way less likely to experience tons of suffering if you choose not to exist. Mm-hmm. That's the whole negative utilitarianism idea again: is minimizing suffering. But I will say, most of the people happiness. I know, most of the people I know personally, seem to be more happy than they are sad. So if you asked all of them, they would. You know, obviously, if you haven't killed yourself, you've chosen to continue living. Mm-hmm. So there must be, your life must have more value, enough value in it for yeah. you to keep on going through it. Yeah. Well, that's so that brings us full circle back to one of the possible solutions to the repugnant conclusion. And that is that we should just accept the repugnant conclusion. And once we do, we will realize that, hey, maybe it's actually not that repugnant. Mm. Because remember, the repugnant conclusion, it says that the lives in world C, they're barely worth living, but they're still worth living. Right? They're barely yeah, worth living, life but they're still pain, worth living. Life is pain, man. Life is pain. <laughs> life is pain. Right. The repugnant there conclusion is, is not, sorry, it's a, the repugnant conclusion is not the same as a different thing, which is called the very repugnant conclusion. Oh, and that's, God. <laughs> that's described by, a guy named Gustav Arrhenius. And he says, uh, so the very repugnant conclusion is you have world A, 
with a small population that has a very high quality of life, and world B, which has a very large population with a very low quality of life. World B is not objectively better because the low quality lives in world B are actually not worth living. So the, that is a different conclusion. The repugnant conclusion: yeah. the lives are worth living. Like they're just not. They're not fantastic, but they're not, they're they're not so bad that you'd be better off not existing. At what at what point do you define what which like what is a what does a life require to be defined as worth living? Is what That's I would a good question. Like, yeah. How do we even know being happy is worth living? Like, <laughs> you might have a great life, but it's not actually technically worth living either. You know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, if it's you, weird, you knew about alternatives, phrase. yeah, you think no, it's I'm just not saying like, it's like not a good phrase. I don't. It's like supposed the to be like this sort of catch-all for like whatever metric you choose okay. to put in there. Like it's worth living, right? So if your metric is like um, becoming like having lots of access to social programs, like education, medical, like you can sort of choose the life you want to live, like you can become a doctor, like. I think a, a life worth that living, might be a life uh, worth like to be to be def, to, to be defined as a life that is worth keeping on living. Mm. You have to you have to be experiencing not maybe not more joy than pain, but not enough pain to sacrifice the moments of joy. You know what I mean? Because as soon as you get to that point where it's way more painful, and the moments where it's not painful are no longer worth going through the painful moments, then you're at a life not worth living. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I mean, some, you, some pain you, and suffering is just like you're going to have to go through, then people can elect to go through it willingly in order to like yeah. achieve a, re- a reward down the down the road. Yeah, and, and even if you're going through a long period of pain, you, there's always a hope that it'll get better, and, and also a probability it will improve. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. The more shitty your life is, the more likely it's going to improve, I feel. I, I mean, that's what I would think. <laughs> well, it's I mean, more likely for your life to improve if you keep living it than for it to get worse because of just your every day you're going to naturally want to alleviate some pain somehow. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even though <laughs> it could keep it, it, I, it definitely could, but that would be more of a uh, circumstance of bad luck than... Uh, mm. Well, so because much like, suffering in the world is just bad luck. So much. I know, but it, if your if your life sucks and you decide to keep living it, that decision to keep living it will eventually lead to improvement. Now, I don't know how much improvement, but like I said, if you're alive and you're in pain, mm. your natural instinct is probably to do something to change that so that you're you're making decisions every day that are whether you're doing it consciously or not that are going to be decisions that alleviate your pain at some level. So even if yeah. you start off in a the worst scenario on earth, if you keep on deciding to live, then your situation is most likely going to improve. That's true, Barring but it some, requires like, really it requires um it requires you to have freedom and opportunities. Yes. Yeah. If you're That's a slave, true. you don't you really have be, any any opportunity to better yourself because you can't go and do anything. You have to do what you're told. 
So you need freedom and That's opportunities true, but, to. But like, it's a dark happiness. question to ask. But like, why didn't? Why don't more people kill themselves that are in horrific situations? Like, why didn't? If you were raised as a slave, and you were treated like an animal every day, and had all your dignities ripped mm-hmm. away, why haven't more people that have lived through that in history? Why didn't more of them just kill themselves? Yeah, there well, has that, to that's be a like, reason. Yeah, that's sometimes used as an objection to the to the antinatalists. People say to the antinatalists, like, "Hey, if we're better off not existing, why doesn't everybody just kill themselves?" And the response now from is that the just anti- an ins- sorry instincts. They yeah, just say it's yeah. just your, the response your is in- that um, evolutionary. Yeah, we wouldn't have survived as a species if our instinct was to just kill ourselves was as soon as things yeah. didn't go our way. Like our, so just be because your biology is telling you, just because your biology is telling you to keep on living, doesn't mean that it is worth keeping on living. Is that some well, dark shit, man? Well, that depends. Well, the antinatalists like, would say, like, yeah, no, like you're sort of being deceived by your biology, yeah, and you're not able to recognize what is rationally obvious is that your life isn't worth living. But the, I, I don't think, I don't think it, we should just accept that and say that. Um, that we have well, to go against our humans, biology. Humans go against what their instincts are all the time. Like that's what makes the, that's what oh, okay. separates them from give an example. from general humanity. Give an example. Well, humans, like like I said, if your basic instincts are to essentially eat and fucking kill, like people, you know, you you say no to those instincts every day. Ah, well, right. How do you know that those are our instincts? There's a whole theory because that's that, what your id wants. Well, okay. Well, hold on. Put Freud on the table for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Freud? Forget I thought Freud. I came up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's leave Freud out of this for a second. But there's this whole okay. theory that basically the reason humans like form these social groups and cooperate with each other is because our instinct is to be friendly with each other. Mm-hmm. Our instinct is not to just fucking kill everybody around us. Our instinct is to cooperate and be friendly. That's true, but our ins- okay. Maybe kill is the one that we can take out of that, but to fucking eat is definitely <laughs> something everybody is oh, yeah. trying to do. All oh, the th- those are there. Those are for sure there. Yeah, yeah. Those are pretty powerful instincts. We don't really go against like them, though, do the, we? The, Unless it, you're in a, like instinct. a religious group. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Well, eating. But our, our instinct not. to cooperate is so powerful that it often overrides other instincts. But. Is our instinct to cooperate? To is it simply there to you know assist in the eating and fucking? Like it gets us to eating and fucking faster if we're nice to people. But really, those two things are what's driving you. And most living things is eating and fucking. Yeah, I think those are like well, because if, if you like, right? Say like, um, you go all the way back. You like trace our evolution like back to before we were humans. At some point, we're going to be like a solitary creature. That doesn't really cooperate right. with other members of its species, and its instincts are just to, yeah. if it sees another member of its species, to either fuck it or fight it. Um, yeah, but exactly. we've been evolving. <laughs> we've been evolving along the way and adding in new instincts. One of which is really powerful, which is to cooperate with each other. Yeah, and it often overrides the was... other ones. Yeah. I don't know how this ties into what we were talking about. Well, it actually it Somehow. sort of explains like how I, I listened to an interesting theory about like we're talking about population ethics. Like, what do you do with like population? Should we increase the population, decrease it? And um, 
they were talking about like why did civilization start in certain areas of the world and not in others? And civilization happened really fast in the New World, actually, in South America and Central America, like the Aztecs and the Incas. They developed yeah. civilization really fast compared to like Europe and other areas. Their level of technology didn't increase rapidly, but they had like cities and civilizations like very yeah. early on. And the theory for that is that there's no space there. Everything's jammed. You don't have anywhere to go. Ah. So people are forced to live with each other and cooperate. And they can't just go off and be nomads whenever they're sick of people. Right. So interesting. I wasn't even yeah. sure. Like I thought the the Aztec civilization was like late to the game. It was late. Like I mean, it was it was late technology for wise. technology. Right? Their technology wasn't as advanced as European technology, but their civilizations right. were a lot older. Uh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I read or heard or. <laughs> listen to something what, that the technologies develop a lot faster and colder climates are climates that yeah. have uh, four seasons or multiple yeah. seasons because every season requires a new technology to essentially handle the changes in weather. Yeah. It's basically, it seems like populations develop based on how they're forced to develop based on their environments. Mm-hmm. Well, so what is your... What is your Coming to the end of the podcast, what <laughs> do you propose we do about population problem? What is your what is your view on population ethics? Ah, well, I have been assured by a very knowing American friend of my acquaintance in London that a young, healthy child, well nursed, is at a year old the most delicious and nourishing and wholesome food. <laughs> All right, Sam's official. The official stance of this podcast is if it gets to the point where we got too many people, we start picking the fattest babies and making stews. Just the Irish ones. <laughs> Just the Irish ones, okay. <laughs> no, one, I don't yeah, know. You I get think potatoes, uh, you get your babies. I think we're gonna, probably going to go the way of uh, the, the hyper-advanced civilization in that show Alien Worlds. Where they are all just like oh, I these watched it, brains yeah. in boxes, all just in, like this yeah. hive mind. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're headed. Well, a the thing I kept on waiting for mind. them to say is that, but like it never said that. When I watched that, I was like, okay, are all these minds like in a shared universe, virtual universe, or are they just chilling in boxes? They never said anything about that. Yeah, They're just like they never die. They're a hive mind, but it doesn't like. So is it really just one giant organism preserving its life? At that point, I think it's basically saying like we are like, like we're not a hive mind yet, but we're sort of becoming yeah. that because like we're all sort of our brains are sort of in our computers and our computers are all connected in the network, and eventually we're gonna yeah. we're gonna toss aside the computer and we're gonna neural link or whatever and directly connect to everybody, and then we're gonna yeah. But where's sort of like the where's the one place where people disagree the most is on the internet. Well, they they disagree so, with other networks, but within the networks, there's like frightening agreement. That's true, but um, I think it like is, that's it what is we're crazy how, yeah, I uh, I, heard I don't that think we'll get the world. They expect seat. the they, they expect the population to level off around eleven billion and not go up anymore after that. Yeah, it seems unbelievable. Well, they say from what I've read. Seen, heard somewhere 
I don't remember any of my sources that <laughs> the more educated people get, the less kids they have. And the, so That's like true. right now in Japan, the population is plummeting. They figure that trend will keep on expanding throughout the world because now people, especially women, having their like access to education and their rights are being uh, you know, built up to be equal rights with the rest of the planet, that's going to just naturally lead to less babies. And, yeah, uh, like, yeah I don't, I don't think, yeah. I mean, I think people are going to keep having kids, but I think eventually, yeah, we're going to be too smart and we're going to realize like we don't want World C. We would prefer World A. Well, well, even right now, just like half of my friends don't even want to have kids. And mm-hmm. then the ones that do want to have kids are like one or two maybe, they're saying. Whereas like even just our parents' generation, like oh a lot God. of my parents' friends had four plus kids, right? My grandma was and one my, of 16. My grandpa was one of 14. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> That is that whole the whole attitude towards kids gets less and less, and like you don't need an army of kids. Most people that I know that want to have kids or have kids are like mm. two is way too is like max. Yeah. Okay. So I've heard the education theory. Here's another theory though, and I think maybe maybe there's like just not as many resources anymore, and you just can't afford to have more than two or three kids. Like it's so expensive to have kids now. Especially if you want them to go also, to university, like yeah. forget about it. But contraception is also like the technology has been is that's way a, more yeah, advanced than it's ever too. been. Yeah. Well, we can do a whole. Other Anyways, episode. yeah, we're at an hour here. Let's. Uh, I, I don't know if we've solved anything, but uh, no, 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 we weren't. We weren't trying to solve anything. I always, I always assume we're trying to solve something. No, uh, no, no, no. Then no, I remember the, we're talking philosophy, and the no. whole point is the, the, to have no, first no thing, solutions. The first thing I learned in philosophy is do not try to solve any of these problems. <laughs> just figure okay, out. Just try to so, understand the problem. Don't try to solve it. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm always, I always half expect you to have the solution for me by no. the end, and you never do. <laughs> no. I, I, I was but, taught very early on do not. Try to solve the problem. You will be wrong, and it won't be useful. Just try to understand it, and then just make a little baby step and try to get a little bit, get a bit of a better. Be understanding. aware of it. Yeah, be aware. Be of aware it. of the problem. Eventually, okay, a genius well, will come uh, along and solve it, but it's not going to be you. <laughs> hey, that brings me to my next uh, uh, point of a um, business here. Our our email. We we won't be able to solve these issues, but we would love to hear your <laughs> solutions to all the problems. And uh, maybe the next Isaac Newton's out there, the Isaac Newton of philosophy, the next Thomas Aquinas, mm. or what's that other guy with the smug face, that stupid looking idiot? What was his David name again? Hume. Hume. Maybe the next Hume will be listening. Yeah, to the next Hume. You guys need to write in. Write into the TPS Podcast 420 at Gmail. And uh, I swear to God, if someone really did sign us up for all Please these Please don't gay, sign us up for any Russian gay I websites. opened up the email. <laughs> I, I literally opened it up, and all we have is spam mail from gay sites, <laughs> like gay dating sites. So I think someone just uh, took our, like, they listened to the podcast and as a joke. <laughs> Very funny, guys. We're, Very we're funny. a struggling new podcast. This is how you treat us. <laughs> uh, awesome. Oh well. Next time I open up this email account, I expect to hear. I expect to hear what you guys think. Uh, how to manage populations ethically? What is mm-hmm. the ethical answer to overpopulation? 
Um, and uh, sterilization vaccines. And it's and I just want to be clear. It's not. <laughs> I'm not angry that these sites were gay hookup sites. Okay. Right. I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> I just want to make that very clear. Um. Anything else to add, Sam? Um, Kelowna, please prepare yourselves for my arrival, even though I won't be able to visit anybody. <laughs> when, uh, what day are you coming? December 20th. Okay. Well, just come over and hang out in the backyard if it's not freezing yeah. cold. And, yeah, uh, I'll do that. And we'll just try and get away with it, but I'm sure they'll send a SWAT team to come <laughs> drag you out of my yard. SWAT team hosing me down with sanitizer. Well, we were thinking, uh, you know, that the fines are $2,300 for having a, a gathering at your house. If you just invite, you know, 50 people and split the fine up between us all, it's like, you know, it's like a cover charge. It's not that bad. That's a fine as per person. It's not a, you don't get to split it. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it just goes to the person, one person. <laughs> I should look into this more. Okay, that's the podcast. Thank you for listening. Adios. Bye.